great pleasure to welcome back my dearest friend and mentor, Dr. Arthur Laffer, longtime chair and founder of Laffer Associates, Reagan advisor, top Reagan advisor when we met many, many years ago, and uh, recipient of the Presidential Medal of Freedom. President Donald Trump. Good morning, Arthur. Thank you for helping good us. Good morning, today. Larry. How are you, sir? I'm good. You know, there's, there's two things I want to talk about. One of them is that, uh, Biden inflation, which I think is the number one issue in the campaign right now. Uh, we're looking at a Republican way. But before we get there, Art, you know, uh, this uh, British story with Liz Trust folding like a cheap dress on what would have been a terrific pro-growth supply-side recovery in Britain. This is a sad tale. I mean, now she's thrown in the towel on the, I know the top income tax rate, which uh, you were arguing, and but she's now thrown in the towel on the corporate tax rate. There's a lot of spending in this thing. The British pound is going to become the British ounce. I mean, <laughs> this whole story is so depressing, Art Laffer. It, it is depressing, but it's, you know, it's a false start, Larry. And, you know, false starts happen, and then after a period of time, the real one happens. You know, we've had a bunch of those before Reagan, as you well know, and then all of a sudden Reagan came in, all the stars aligned, and boom, we had the boom of all booms. And, uh, you know, what's happening here, I mean, in, in Britain is you got a false start. The conservatives are going to take over and become the, the liberals, the, uh, the left-wing Labor Party. Mm. And then the Labor's going to come in, and then we'll have our true revolution. But don't think Kwasi Kwarteng, uh, who was chancellor of the Exchequer, don't think that his, his job was in vain. It's not. It's setting the table for Britain to really make a comeback in the next four or five years. And it will. Well, that's a good positive uh look at it but i'll tell you she threw him under the bus i mean i mean just it's the it's sort of rank politics it was her policy she made him the chancellor he's a smart guy he believes in supply side economic growth incentives and she fires him because all these stupid rich tory backbenchers and former cabinet members who they put in there this guy he's a real nothingheimer uh, is the new chancellor. I mean, he's a, I know him. I mean, he's I a, love you, Larry. You're just great. Yes, a, he, she did do that. He did do that. Nothing. All these guys that went to Eton and whatever these places are, they don't care about working folks or economic growth. They don't. Well, you know, he went to quasi went to those two. Just oh. so you know, oh. he went to Eton and he went to Oxford. Oh. Uh, all of that was quasi. Oh. Uh, so he was the good guy in there. He was the supply sir. I don't think it's Eaton or Oxford that does it. It's the content of character of the individual. I mean, when you look at all of us Yaleys, would you ever expect a Yaley like Dave Gergen and like uh, all these others? Who would expect a Yale to be free market pro-growth? But every now and then you get a Lieberman, you get a Dick Cheney, you get an Art Laffer. I mean, you know, it's not the organizations. It's the idea and it's the content of character. And unfortunately, she's not a Margaret Thatcher. She's just plain not. And we'll find one, and it'll happen. Boy, I hope you're right. It, it just is. Oh, I am right on that one, Larry. Believe me, I am. the The table is set in Britain for a major economic revolution. Really? And oh, yes, they've had an awful bad performance there. You know, the uh, uh, Boris Johnson. I mean, what uh, what a silly one he was. Right. I mean, he was just terrible. He was the Richard Nixon, if you will, of of, of Britain's conservatives. And uh, it, this will come about and this will change. I think it's going to take a labor government to do it. And the labor government will get in and then it won't last very long. And then we'll get the real one. Remember, it took Jimmy Carter to create Ronald Reagan. 
and it really did, Larry, in 1976 when Reagan ran and was beaten in the primary by Jerry Ford by just a few votes. I mean, just a few. Uh, Reagan would not have, have had he been won and been elected. He would not have been the person he was. It, it really did take Jimmy Carter's perfect example of silliness huh. uh, to create what it, it, what we now remember and live and love as Ronald Reagan. Is the same thing going to apply here? Yes, sir. Totally. The year is 1978 in America, huh. and we are living in the first two years <laughs> of Jimmy Carter on steroids. <laughs> and it is perfect, Larry. It just couldn't be better, to be honest. I, it really couldn't be better. If you remember, the Democrats controlled the whole system there under Jimmy Carter, and mm-hmm. it was just, you know, it, it's just the perfect stage setting for a revolution. And I'm, I'm so pleased with what's happening. I mean, I don't like what they did. I wish the Democrats were Kennedy Democrats, but they're not. But when we take over in 2024, it's going to be a beautiful era, probably even better than Reagan. Well, I tell you, besides you and Steve Moore and Steve Forbes and a couple others, Joe Biden has done more to revive free market capitalism oh, than, yeah. than anybody I know. <laughs> Let me ask you about the, the viewership of your show. I mean, and, and you, but most of all, but Fox in general. Yeah. I mean, you're doing your kick on the slats out of the crib yeah. because of the horrible behavior of Joe Biden. He could have done such a different job and become so popular, but nope. He just had to be so anti-Trump, so anti-free market, so anti-everything you and I believe in that it's just set the table for us. Yeah, actually, you know, it's um, thank you for your point about Fox Business. Just had our 15th anniversary. I uh, saw your picture in that. Wow. <laughs> Lauren. Why were you standing in the back? That's where I belong. <laughs> no, you don't. <laughs> By the way, the others are great, too. I mean, you've got the most wonderful team on Fox Business I've ever seen. Yeah, I mean, actually... Um, uh, because it's all free market oriented. I mean, look, FBN covers the news, the good and the bad, and so forth. But the underlying, uh, the underlying uh, vibration, if you will, is you know free markets and uh, capitalism, yeah. and and we are uh, killing the competition. I mean, really are. It's a tremendous thing. Lauren Patterson's the president of Fox Business, and she encourages this. And I mean, I can tell you, working there, I'm the rookie. I've been there a little less than two years. It's a wonderful place to work. But they don't mess with the content. You know, it's up to the anchors, the hosts, to pursue these um, market Well, I can tell on your show it is. I mean, it's strictly Larry Kudlow all the way. It's lovely. That's that's the most fun I've had in ages. And you, by the way, you have been instrumental in our success. You, oh, cut Arthur. it out. Flattery will get you everywhere, Larry. It's I true. love it what you say. But you should see your numbers. You'd probably want a bonus if you came. If I, you should see uh, yeah, your ratings. I, I think it double my salary, Larry, and it'd still be the same, <laughs> just so you know. So let's talk about public enemy number one. All these polls, likely voters show, by far, Arthur, the biggest problem in America is inflation. And my argument here is that in the last 25 days of the election, you know, the Republicans running in the House and the Senate, the so-called cavalry, as I call it, have just got to focus down on inflation. Any Democrat that voted for these big spending bills must be held accountable. And I yeah, think this is the path to victory. I don't want to make it any more complicated, Art, than it needs to be. Yeah, and all of them running did vote for it. I mean, right. I, I watched Tim Ryan claim he's not a Democrat, he's independent, he's a conservative, I'm a blue dog. Nonsense. He voted for Build Back Better. Yeah. 
He voted for it all the way. In fact, I didn't even hear him squeak back then. Every one of these guys is now trying to change the course of what they did. Every single Democrat in the House and every single Democrat in the Senate voted for that nonsense. And they deserve to be turned out. And not only deserve to be turned out for their bad policies, but deserve to be turned out because they don't have the content of character, Mm. the clarity of vision Mm. to ever oppose Nancy Pelosi, ever, ever, ever. Mm. And that's just not the way democracies uh, run. You You elect a person who you expect that person will vote what he or she believes to be right. And I'm going to tell you, these guys were railroaded into voting with her on every single issue, and that's not what's good for America. They should be thrown out in their ears. The Senate races, you know, nothing clear. If you voted, if you voted for the so-called emergency relief spending in 2021, and if you voted for this uh, Inflation Reduction Act, which is really Build Back Better in disguise, it's a Green New yes, Deal in disguise. And if you're supporting these, you know, student loan cancellations that may cost up to a trillion dollars, this is all inflationary. Putting the totally. putting the Fed stuff aside, you know, you taught us. All this government spending depresses economic growth. It has taxes and regulations that depress production. We have too much money chasing too few goods. They all have to be held accountable. You know, in uh, Arizona, Mark Kelly running against Blake Masters. Kelly voted for all this stuff. In Georgia, Warnock voted for all this stuff. Um, these are. This is exactly how this race should be won. I'm just saying it's like Reagan, you know, message with just a couple of clear points. Don't make this yeah. any complicated, more complicated. No, it's not complicated. You're totally right. And remember, there were people like Kent Hans and Phil Graham yes. who were Democrats who showed their own independence and their own clarity of thought to be vote with, go with Reagan and do the bills. In fact, Kent and, and, and Phil co-sponsored the two major bills, right. the spending bill, the, uh, the uh, Graham Lotta, mm-hmm. and, the, and the tax rate cut bill, which is uh, Hans Conable. Mm-hmm. You know, there's no reason why Democrats can't do a good job if they, if they really voted way the way they believe as opposed to how Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer tell them. Mm, totally right. That's really bad for America. When you have a unanimous vote by one party on every issue. So that's another key thing. You want election returns that put a check on all this. Say, stop, stop, no more. Yeah, stop, no more. And, you know, we don't want you there because you are not the person. You are just a Democratic cog. Yeah, that's exactly right. Now, too much money chasing too few goods. Um, You look at these inflation numbers. In the latest CPI report, and you look at the median CPI from the Cleveland Fed, the wage tracker from the Atlanta Fed. I mean, the story is getting worse, not better. Yes, that's true. And what's you know, if you go and think of it in very simple terms, Larry, you've got three markets, a money market, a bond market and a goods market. This is all Patinkin's work, by the way, in Israel. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it's just if you have an excess supply of money because they printed way too much money and you have an excess demand for goods because they've crushed the supply of goods, uh, how, does the, how does the market equilibrate those two markets? And there's only one way they can do it. The price of goods in terms of money has to rise so that it, uh, so that it uh, reduces the demand for goods and, so it, and reduces the supply of money. And, you know, that's exactly what's needed. If you have this excess money supply out there, uh, one way to absorb it is to produce more. But unfortunately, the policies are anti 
production. They're anti-investment. Exactly. They're creating the excess demand for goods because they're crushing the supply of goods. Right. And what we need to do is to reduce the excess demand for goods, Larry, is to increase the supply of goods dramatically. And, you know, that's what has to be done. And they're not even moving there. And none of the economists on the other side are talking at all about increasing supply. Some of them are talking about it with regard to oil and and gas and stuff like that a little bit. Mm -hmm. I mean, they want to open up the reserves. Uh, They want to do some of the uh, buying from Venezuela and Iran and all the enemies of America to increase the supply. So but that's the only part that they're making any sense. I don't get them. They, They should want to increase the supply of all goods and services. By cutting taxes, deregulating the economy, and freeing trade, all of those things are so, so, so important. Yeah, which really runs counter to this progressive agenda. Now, is the people saying how tight the Fed is? Is the Fed really tight? No, the Fed is very loose. And the way you can tell it's loose is look at the interest rate. All right. Mm-hmm. Look at, let's say, the 10-year bond year rate mm-hmm. and see if it's low or high relative to what it should be with this type of inflation and this type of growth. And, of course, my view is that the 10-year bond yield to get someone to actually buy it because of its yield would probably have to be around 12 percent. Mm-hmm. So compare 12 percent to 4 percent, and you can see just how easy money is. That's true. I mean, it's just It just makes no sense. They need to let interest rates rise to the level where money is once again tight. Mm. Uh, Interest rates have to be in the 12% range for the 10-year bond yield. Otherwise, it won't happen. Now, people say, oh, you can't do that. That'll crash the economy. Let me tell you what will happen when the inflation rate gets up, the core rate gets up to 8, 9, 10, 15%, the way it was with us back in the early, well, back before Reagan took office. And then you're going to really get interest rates. So the Fed's not really selling bonds. I mean, their balance sheet. They're buying bonds. They're buying, but they're still buying bonds. I mean. (laughs) Of course, they have to, to keep that interest rate low. They couldn't do it otherwise. Now, they can buy bonds in many, many ways. They can cause changes in regulations. They can do repos and Mm -hmm. all that other stuff. There are lots of different ways of them buying bonds, but they are in the market for buying bonds to keep that interest rate low. And that's the big problem. That is the problem on the Fed side. I mean, this goods market side is, of course, all the stuff that we talk about on taxes and regulations. But it's a simple excess supply of money and an excess demand for goods. Mm. You've got to reduce the supply of money by letting interest rates rise dramatically and let the Fed balance sheet run off, number one. And number two, you've got to increase the supply of goods with tax cuts, deregulation, and other pro-growth policies. Free trade. My God, should we be having free trade so we can increase the supply of goods available for us to buy? We should um, – they should be pursuing the free trade agreement with Britain. Of course they should. Talk, you know, but no, no, no. They they want to show their macho-ness. Well, they're going to get their comeuppance. So um, I'm talking to a couple of these people. We had, for example – Elise Stefanik, very smart woman, upstate New York. I know who she is, the Uh, congresswoman. Yeah, in the leadership. And I talked to her. I said, look, Elise, do you have a plan day one? You're going to have the House January 3rd. You elect Kevin McCarthy, who's a good man. you got to have an immediate strategy. And um, she was pretty good. I mean, in terms of. Fiscal policy, as you say, creating tax incentives and lower regulations and so forth. It seems like she gets it. 
Uh, and I had John Thune on. Actually, I, I heard that night. John Thune. He was terrific, yes. by the way. He, he, by the way, he gets, in my opinion, the most improved player award. I mean, the guy's really. He is amazing. What he said on your show and everything. Yeah. I, I, you know, I was asking your producer because I was on next. Who's that? Who's that? I can hear his voice. He's saying all yeah. this stuff really great. Yeah. And John Thune. And they have to, you know, my thought is they will have a crisis because we are going to have inflation and recession when they take office. So they need to use that crisis properly, not for bad points. but for Can I make a suggestion to you, Larry? Yeah. yeah. Why don't you tell these guys that if they would like, you and Art Laffer uh, will write a plan for them, a 10-page plan Uh on exactly how they should go about doing it, what legislation they should do, uh, purely economics with some – make sure it's political too, Mm -hmm. but how they can do it to really bring that inflation down, bring that GDP growth up, and make for the prosperous economy. You and I could write this in a long weekend yep. and have it just done. You should tell them, that. just ask us to do it, and we'll do it for you. All right. You got a deal. You absolutely have a deal. Um, you know, Thune I mean, is— You and I have written a lot of those things together for a lot of years, Larry. <laughs> I know, and, and the, the I mean, again, it goes back to Reagan— uh, before Stockman turned tail, remember Stockman wrote a good memo. Kemp, I do remember with Jack Kemp. Kemp that was, was a really involved. good. Uh, yeah. What was it? That Armageddon or something like that? Uh, I don't. I'm, I'll go find it. I got it in my file. Yeah, someplace. I've got it too. I've got it too. But the thing is, they will inherit a very bad situation, and they need to act immediately. So they need to, you know, employ the tools they have. Biden may try to veto all this stuff. But they do hold the purse strings. They do, oh, you know, they have the yeah. appropriations. They have the regulatory authority, by the way. So they just, you know, they need to be ready. I mean, I yeah. think that's what the What they key. also need to do is do it politically, Larry. Uh, I would have suggest to them, as I suggested you last night, is that they should have a bill just repealing the one provision on 87,000 new IRS agents and $80 billion. Just put that up and see how the Democrats vote on it in the House. Mm-hmm. See how the Democrats vote on it in the Senate. And then see if Biden vetoes it. Mm. And, you know, they don't want to vote for that. And I think you're going to find a lot of Democrats uh, 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 abandoning ship. You think Biden? I would love to see that. I'd love to see the Democrats coming back to being a a credible, reasonable, responsible party. I just would love to see them be independent and responsible like Phil Graham and like Kent Hansen, like some of the others. The way we hoped Joe Manchin would have been, but he wasn't. I know that was the, the great hope. But that, we've that got was... a real problem on the on the lame duck session, Larry. If the vote comes out the way we believe it will, they will have one last shot at the apple. I know they will. They did that deliberately with this continuing resolution that ends December fifteenth, which gives them two yeah. weeks to throw every darn spending thing in the hopper. They sure did, and that's a that's a problem. If they do that sort of stuff, I don't think they'll ever get back in. Mm. Well, good. Uh, well, but tell the congressmen and senators, Larry, that you and I voluntarily will do a plan for them. All right. Literally specific legislation. Boom. You got a deal. You got a deal. All righty, sir. All right. Art Laffer, you sound great. Can't thank you enough. 